Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. This program is all about helping you thrive in some of the most challenging coaching situations. Our aim is to support you in bringing your coaching to the next level, whether you're new to coaching or you're already an expert professional. Dr. Sherry Carter-Scott, I'm delighted to have you here on the show of the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. Tell me, uh, can you give me a brief intro of you and your business, of course? Sure. I attended the Convent of the Sacred Heart in New York City for the first 13 years of my life. I went to boarding school briefly when my parents weren't able to support me in New York. I attended Bradford College in Massachusetts and then the University of Denver where I received my BA. I attended the University of Minnesota Graduate School and then I got my PhD at the Fielding Institute in Santa Barbara, California in organizational development. My dissertation was focused on the relationship between employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction. And it was breakthrough research that actually confirmed the first time in history that there is a direct relationship between employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction. I started coaching professionally uh, October 15, 1974, and I started training coaches almost immediately because my client said, can you teach me to do what you do? So in 74, I was doing individual tutorials, and in 75, we had our first actual class of coach training in San Francisco on Union Street. So I've been training coaches, reading, writing books, speaking, teaching, training, writing, and empowering people ever since, 41 years of that. <laughs> Wow, you look so young. I could never tell that you've been working so long. But uh, tell me, you, you have published a series of books. You're well known in the field of uh, coaching. You have a coaching school. Tell me what you think has made you so successful. I think learning from my mistakes. In other words, some people make mistakes and then they keep making the same mistake over and over again, which is rule number four. In If Life is a Game, These are the Rules, which is a lesson will be repeated until learned. And one of the things that I do is I learn the lesson. So when I make what would be considered a mistake, a tragic error, I stop, I reflect, and I look and see what can I learn from this, which turns actually the mistake into a lesson. And if it's a lesson, it has value. And if it has value, it actually wasn't a mistake at all. Tell us about a mistake or a failure that you had and what you learned from it. Oh, there's so many failures and mistakes along the way. It's hard to even choose a good one. But uh, one time in San Francisco, we chose to go into a very large building in Steiner Street, which was about 100,000 square feet and had five seminar rooms, a huge space, really beautiful. And our business was booming at that time. The big mistake that we made was that the sound engineer did not really take us seriously when we told him that there was a lot of volume in our seminars. And we wanted to be able to have five seminars going at the same time, which would really contribute to the success of our business. Only the sound engineer did not construct the sound proofing of the rooms in such a way that we could have five seminars going simultaneously. That was a really tragic flaw. And as a result, we had to sublet the space to another company that had no need for soundproofing. And we took a big loss on it. 
And instead of going out of business, which we could have done, we decided to pay off all our creditors, stay in business, and you know, turn the corner and regain our profitability, which took a few years to do, but we actually did it. From that mistake, quote unquote, we learned that our business was not really about brick and mortar, but more about the actual intellectual property, the teaching of people and the training of people in our methodology, which is really what our business is all about. And just explain, before that, uh, before the intellectual property, what did you think your business was? Well, we thought our business was about putting on seminars and workshops and teaching people how to coach, but we thought that it would be really impressive if we had a very large institute with a large building that would, you know, have people say, ooh, this is, this is, this is a big deal. What I realized is that our business was really about inspiring people about themselves, about their own visions, missions, purpose, and having them become inspired about what their life was about rather than being impressed at the significance or the importance or the success of our business. Wow, that's a big aha moment. So that brings me to my next question. That was a huge aha moment. Did you have any other that you can share with us? I had a lot of aha moments along the way. As a matter of fact, the, um, the biggest aha was the real purpose of my life. And the purpose of my life is to teach people how to coach. That's why I'm on this earth. That's why I was born. That's what I'm doing here. And that's what I've been doing for 41 years. And I'll continue to do probably till I keel over one day in about 20 or so years. But that's really why I'm here. And that aha came to me like a bolt of lightning out of the sky. So tell me, what was the bolt of lightning that made you realize that? I had been through a kind of premature midlife crisis where I had moved into um, teaching for my mother. And that wasn't exactly what I wanted to teach in the public school system. I had been an actress for myself and I was a good actress. I had talent, but it was missing a key element and it had to do with giving back and making a difference. And when I was going through this premature midlife crisis, I was searching my soul for what am I doing here? What's my life about? Who am I? And what do I have to offer? I made lists, lists of the times that I was the happiest, when I felt the most fulfilled, when I felt the most joyous and at one with myself. I prayed, I meditated. I did all the things that I could think of doing that would allow the answers to come to the surface. And I really asked, I asked for a message, a clear message that would give me direction for my life. What happened is I got a phone call from a friend of mine and he said, I want you to consult me about my business. And I said, well, I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about consulting, but thank you for the compliment. I appreciate you calling. He called a second time. And the second time he called, I said, you know, I, I've already told you that I'm trying to figure out the purpose of my life and what I'm doing here. And he said, well, I, I really would like you to think about, you know, helping me with my business. And I thought, you know, I don't know why he's calling me. Is he crazy? And the third time he called, I said, why are you calling me? And he said, I'm, I'm just calling because I really trust you. And I said, but I don't know anything. And he said, that could be really helpful. Now, I didn't know what he was talking about at the time. But I said, if you want to pay me your hard-earned money, knowing full well that I know nothing, then I accept. 
And he was my very first client. And I went into his business. I asked questions. I watched. I interviewed people. I watched the flow of papers and process and systems. And on the last day, we met outside the business. And he said, what'd you see? I said, before I tell you my observations, I really want to know what it is that you want. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you called me for a reason. Things aren't exactly the way you want them. So let's talk about what your vision is. If your business was really going the way you want it to go, how would things be? And then we started exploring the part of him that wanted a huge multinational corporation and the part of him that wanted a small, intimate, family-run operation. And he saw that he was at cross-purposes with himself. And it was at that moment that he, he had this glow about him and he, he left my office and he started telling people about the woman who asked great questions. People started calling me and the phone was ringing off the hook. They said, well, can you help me with this transition I'm in? And I said, well, I won't give you advice and I won't tell you what to do, but I will ask you questions so that you can connect with that part of you that really knows what you want. Now that was in October, 1974. And I kept my disclaimer every time someone would call me and ask, can you help me with this problem or this transition or this dilemma? I kept saying, I don't know the answers for you, but I will ask you questions and you'll discover your own truth. And you know, that was the very beginning. And in those days, nobody was doing what I was doing. There were advisors, there were consultants, but nobody actually coaching people and training people how to coach. I was very much alone in San Francisco in 1974. And, and yet I believed wholeheartedly that I knew in my heart that I didn't know what was best for other people. At best, I knew that I didn't know what was best for other people. At best, I knew for myself what might be best for me, but I certainly didn't know what was best for others. And I think that was one of my assets, one of the things that really was important for my success. Because my claiming, my not knowing for others really was something that set me apart from other people right from the very beginning. Wow, and you did this in 1974 before coaching was really taking off. I actually predicted that someday it would be a profession because it was so needed. But when I investigated what it took to put together a profession, it was beyond my capabilities. And I said, somebody else will have to do this because I love coaching and I'm not a bureaucrat and I really don't want to be in the paper pushing industry. So I know coaching will be a profession, but it's not for me to start. Wow. And tell me, what excites you in your business now? After 41 years of doing this work around the world on three continents, speaking, teaching, training, writing, coaching, consulting, I know that now my work is to license people who have already been vetted by ICF. And that means that they're either a master certified coach or they're a professional certified coach. Somebody who loves to teach and train, but who doesn't have the actual curriculum to deliver. And so now our work is to license people around the world with both our courses that are um, ACTP, which is an accredited coach training course of 125 plus hours, or our ACSTH course, which is an approved 
coach-specific training hours, which is our 60-plus hour course. And depending upon what the person wants and where they happen to be, we will help them launch, help them train, we will empower them, we will equip them, we'll give them the training materials and all the handouts they need to be totally successful in their work. So if they have the capability of standing up and training and teaching, and they have a database, and they want to take this coaching skill that they have to the next level, we're there to empower them to do that. Wonderful, wonderful. So Sherry, what, what's your best in business advice that you receive? I think when I was younger, I tried to look like a little old man. And the reason I did is because in 1974, there really weren't a lot of women entrepreneurs and there weren't a lot of women executives. And so the only people around were little old gray-haired men who wore gray suits and carried briefcases. That was way before computers. So I tried to emulate them and I actually pulled my hair back in a ponytail or a bun and I put on a gray suit and I try to look as, as masculine as I could to go into businesses and feel like I was one of the boys and like I was accepted. And one day a dear friend of mine said to me, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're, you're trying to look like a little old man. And I said, yes, I want to fit in. And he said, well, you're a young woman. You're not a little old man. And I said, yes, but they'll never accept me as a young woman. And he said, don't be so sure. He said, what you, what you need to do, Cherie, is you need to be who you are and not pretend to be anything you're not. That was the best advice I ever received. Wonderful. And I think that's very useful information for a lot of women in business. So Sherry, what is one of your personal habits that you believe is attributable to your success? You know, I'm a very disciplined person. And when I set a goal, any kind of goal, what I do is I map out the steps to getting to that goal. I put together to-do lists every day that have some facet of that goal included in those to-dos. And in my acknowledgments at the end of the day, I also include the, the validation and the pats on the back that include going towards that goal. So I manage myself in achieving those goals in a very structured and disciplined manner. I realized that part of me um, would gravitate towards a variety of different things because I'm a high variety, high stimulation person who likes multiple tasks and multiple projects. But I know I need to be managed and focused to be able to produce the results that I want to produce. So there's part of me, let's call it the CEO of my life, who actually manages my time, my energy, my projects and makes choices out of how I'm spending my time to ensure that I'm going to get the outcome that I want. So whether it's writing a book or producing a film or it's writing a musical, which I'm involved in, it's making certain that my time is allocated towards including that project and not sabotaging myself by going in eight different directions. And you are extremely creative, not only prolific in writing books, but as you said, uh, you were trained as an actress in the theater, and you have an incredible creativity within you. So thank you for that tip. I think that will be, help a lot of our listeners too. 
Tell me, you've written a lot of books, and I cited that in the introduction. What would be one that you would recommend uh, to the excellent executive coaching listeners? Uh, the book called Transformational Life Coaching, I wrote for coaches. And it's a book about the essence of coaching, the pure essence of what it's about. And if you're looking for a coach, what it includes and what you need to do to self-coach is towards the end and actually building a community of coaches, which I think is very important because, you see, a coach to me is really a midwife of big ideas. So when somebody has a big idea, it's important to have a coach there to help give birth to that big idea and to help support that person in believing in the idea along the road because there are so many naysayers, or what I call negaholics, who will talk you out of the idea. They'll tell you everything that's wrong with it and why it can't work. But there aren't a lot of people besides coaches who will reinforce, validate, encourage, and get you to believe that what your messages are telling you will get you to a result that is part of your, your spiritual DNA. It's part of the reason you're here. You aren't given these messages by accident. They come to you, these big, big ideas, because there's something you're supposed to do with them. Super. And where can they get this book? Where can they purchase it? Well, the best way is to get a signed copy by me by going to our website. Because any other website might have the book, but they don't have it signed by me. And I can personalize that if they put that in the notes. So my website is www.dr, for doctor, Cherie, C-H-E-R-I-E, dot com. So www.drsheree.com, and I'll send them a personally signed copy by me. Thank you, Sherry. And I'll put this in the footnotes of this podcast, so they'll have your link to your, your website. What assignment for the week or call to action that you want to give to our listeners? Everybody has these messages, and the message is something that's illogical, um, unreasonable, it's inconvenient and you don't really want to do it, but it's something that gives you a specific directive. It's different from intuition because intuition gives you a kind of insight about what might be happening or occurring or an insight, uh, an aha. A message is something that gives you a directive, an imperative, something that you need to do. You know, call Katrina. It's a, it's a kind of directive that you think, well, why would I do that now? I mean, what do I have to say? What do I, what, why do I need to talk to her? You could kind of argue with the message. But I would say to our listeners that if you've gotten a message three times, whatever it has to do with, whether it's a, a piece of research you need to conduct or if it's somebody you need to reach out to or it's something that you need to accomplish that's been hanging around for a long time, listen to it, trust it. And take action on it because this is your inner guidance, your inner wisdom, guiding you to do something that's important for you. And it's important for you to, to trust it and to act on it. And you won't find out why until after you do it. And for a final question, final tip can you give our listeners? Uh, tell us. Well, most people put together goals. And probably anyone listening to your program would be a a goal-oriented person, I can imagine. I guess the thing that I would say is, are you setting goals that are big enough? And when you set those goals, ask yourself, 
What could get in the way of me accomplishing this goal? And is this goal stretching me to be my highest and best self? And if I could formulate any goal at all for this year, if it were my final year on earth, what would be my very best goal to be my very best me? Sherry, that's terrific. And we've been listening to Sherry Carter Scott. I will have your website on our notes. Thank you so very much. This was fascinating. And I really, truly appreciate for your, your time, Sherry. Thank you for having me on, Katrina. Thanks for listening to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to all future podcasts at excellentexecutivecoaching.com and sign up for monthly newsletters featuring all the latest tips and techniques to bring your coaching to the next level. Join us again soon, and until then, bye for now.